You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one. Welcome all. It is Tuesday, October 18th, 2022, 7.02 p.m. Central Standard Time. The one and only Tony Catalina kept us from starting on time talking about his personal life, uh, some construction projects he's got going on, so we had to listen on. And on and on. This is the Blog of the Boys Roundtable. You can watch us live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can obviously catch the rewatch at your own convenience or listen to us on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. You can also read blogandtheboys.com. You go anywhere in the Blog of the Boys universe, you will see, hear, and read the work of these fine gentlemen. It is a quartet here tonight uh, as we lick our wounds from the Cowboys' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll go in clockwise order. Tony Catalina. Your one word to describe your emotional state on Sunday night when the Cowboys lost to the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Uh, interesting, because uh, you are the resident chicken little of the group. David Halman uh, on Twitter, uh, you border yourself with the underscores. I got to tell you, I hate it. It's always a, a chore to type you out. Um, uh, uh, underscore DH44 underscore. What was your one word answer for your emotional state Sunday night? Optimistic. Okay, uh, Brandon Clements rounds us out on Twitter at Icebreaker21. Brandon, what is your one word for your emotional state on Sunday night? Relief. Dak is back. All right. I mean, look, uh, I'm going to be frank with you guys. Um, I've already recorded tomorrow's episode of the NFC East mixtape with Brandon Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. It was um, not fun for me, um, for anybody who's going to listen to or watch it. I had to, um, as part of a bet, uh, where a sign that said beat Dallas had to like mimic Nick Sirianni's shirt. Um, that was tough. And I had to write an article uh, that will head out at Blog on the Boys uh, about why the Eagles are the best team in the NFC at the moment. Um, I don't think any of us would disagree with that, but um, it was still difficult nonetheless. All right, let's see here. Let's get to our comment section. Ron the Don Tony says, I'm feeling a big TC freestyle today after a loss. Brandon Clements, you are the reigning BTB Roundtable champion. We will see. Uh, if Tony Catalina is able to take your crowd, Ron the Don, Tony adds, I know you listen, Tony. You referenced a comment last week before the show. Uh, Kevin says that I am late. Kyle, thank you for calling me Goat Choa. I hope that sticks. Uh, Ron the Don's a big fan of you, Tony. Uh, like, you know, really just screaming your name out. Zachary Maldonado says, what's up, guys? Kyle says, Tony C, the real goat. Um, so I guess Goat Choa is just a lie. Um, and John Wick makes me sweaty. says, five points for Tony been waiting to give this man points for a few weeks tony how are you feeling this is a these, good night for you so far these are my people man you know what <laughs> these are these are my people <laughs> um wow so that is five points to start for tony catalina for anybody who's new around here um kind of a who's line situation except for the points do matter uh there is a btb roundtable champion at the end of the episode you are free to award points throughout if you agree with the takes of the gentleman you can take points away no more than five at a time, we ask of you kindly. So Tony out to an early lead. Samuel Rowe uh, Howman says Eagles really amped up and brought out the first lady and Meek Mill for Cooper Rush. Uh, that's right. Mrs. Biden was in attendance uh, for the Cowboys 26 to 17 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Um, did it feel like the Eagles made a, a big to-da, big to-do about the situation in your mind? Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of goes to uh, some of the feelings that were echoing on on Twitter in the week leading up to this game. Like, Eagles fans, I feel like they, they feel like Dallas week is much bigger than Cowboys fans feel about uh, Eagles fans. Um, so this was... This was, uh, you know, in previous years, I'd be able to make the joke this was their Super Bowl. But of course, they they unfortunately finally got in the win column with with their Super Bowl history. Um, but they they really they really played it up. And, and even though they almost blew a 20 point lead to a backup quarterback on Sunday Night Football, they're they're having their big hurrah moment right now. I will never, ever ever forgive the people who rooted for the Eagles to get a single ring to prohibit the New England Patriots from getting to six. I know that was Michael Irvin's take at the time, uh, because to your point, Hammond, we now have to live in a world where we have to acknowledge the Eagles having a Super Bowl. Brandon, uh, for the podcast audience, you were actually re- wearing some Kelly Green. Um, is this uh, you living up to your own bet, uh, you know, here with the Cowboys having lost to the Eagles? No, nah, it's just a little cold in the uh, the man cave, but I had to represent Syracuse out uh, top uh, top fifteen after a nice uh, win against NC State this weekend. So of course I had to bring out the Syracuse victory hoodie. Wow, um, good for you. Um, yeah, I, I'm a Texas A&M Maggie, so I don't know what that type of joy is like. Uh, but anyway, um, Tony, um, since you are off to an early lead um, tonight, we're going to play uh, a game of what if. I don't know if anybody has anybody here uh, anybody a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know Tony loves movies, so Tony has seen all the movies that there are. Anybody, you know, kind of deep in Marvelness? I'm not like deep myself, but you know, um, silence. I can't uh, say. I can't say. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all aware of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. By the way, uh, Brandon AJ says minus a thousand for the Kelly Green, and Mark says minus five for the Green. Brandon, LOL. I can Man, only subtract tough. five. Uh, so you are uh, starting off with a, a bit of a handicap here. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're all aware of all the movies, all the shows, they're taking over the world. Uh, they do have uh, an animated series that came out about a year ago. A friend of mine got me into it. Um, it's called What If? And it is, it's kind of, um, you're all aware of the idea of the multiverse and there are different versions of us floating around, whatever. Uh, what If explores different timelines, different universes. And it is just kind of an interesting way to look at the show or the, the universe as a whole, whatever. We're not here to talk Marvel. But that being said, tonight we are going to explore what ifs. Each of you are going to tackle a what if. You can take it positively. You can take it negatively. You can take it however you want. But you are going to be asked the what if, and you have to take it wherever you want to. So uh, we'll go around twice. So that means you each get two what ifs. Tony, as you are starting with the lead, thanks to the crowd, you get to decide the order. Who's one, who's two, and who's three. Now we will snake, so you can put yourself wherever you want. Be strategic about this. It's up to you. Give me Howman, then me, and then Brando will round us out. All right. I've moved you around here on the uh, screen to work with that order. Um, so the questions were written in a predetermined order, just so there's no funny business around here. Um, and so, you know, that means we have to get started. So, Howman, what if Dak Prescott returns, as we all believe to be the case this week, and is average as far as his career is concerned? Now, what I mean by this, just so everyone is aware, I don't mean if he shows up and is like an average quarterback this season. I'm talking we get the mean Dak Prescott across Dak Prescott's entire career. So not either end of the spectrum, just average Dak Prescott as far as we are concerned with having watched Dak Prescott play. I hope that makes sense. I think if that happens, then the Cowboys are still in a good position because we just saw this team go uh, four and one with Cooper Rush playing at quarterback and average Dak Prescott relative to his career has been better than Cooper Rush in these few games. Um, You know, obviously we, we know, uh, 
quarterback wins are not really a real stat. There's so many other factors that go into determining a win or a loss. But Dak Prescott, since he's shown up, has for the most part been a winner. He has helped lead his team uh, to wins, even when he's you know had some struggles the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, um, down the second half of the stretch last year. So you know we've seen Dak Prescott play below his standard, and the Cowboys have still been able to win. Um, and this year we're seeing the Cowboys, their defense is playing at a, an unreal level. Their their special teams is playing very well. Um, Kamonte Turpin is easily the best uh, return specialist that they've had in the Dak Prescott era. Uh, even the run game, it, it's been a while since we've seen the Cowboys run game be this efficient. And so even if Dak comes back and is only average for his standards, that's still better than what they had. And they just went four and one with that formula. So I think they'd be in a good spot. So Johnny Boy RN says average Dak opens up the offense. Again, I think uh, you did a great job of contextualizing that, Hellman. How, average Dak is, is a good thing. I mean, I know it sounds bad. And it's a difficult way to frame that. Um, let's see here. Mark says we have another Kirk Cousins, double exclamation point. Hellman, I don't know your thoughts on this, but you and I generally trend in the same direction here. Um, if Dak is Kirk Cousins, awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like Kirk is perennially underrated. Um, people kind of lean into the meme and don't see the greatness that he is. AJ says, nice points. Howman didn't actually give you a numerical value for points. So that's um, AJ's fault. Uh, Ron the Don also says, great point, Howman. I can't give these guys the points, people, if you don't give us a value. So you're actually hurting Howman by saying this. Kevin says, that would mean we brought Amari Cooper back because Dak is a different quarterback with him than without him. Brandon, do you agree? Because we still kind of, don't know what we're going to see. Tony said on Monday's episode of First and Ten that the season is kind of about to start. I mean, you know, it does sort of feel that way. Like, I know we saw three quarters uh, in, in week one, but we we still kind of need to learn a lot of things about him, even though it's week seven. Yeah, I don't, here's the thing. I don't I don't think that – I don't think having Amari Cooper out of the picture is, is making that much of a difference at this point. I, I think the bigger thing is I want to get Dalton Schultz healthy because Dalton Schultz is a very good – he's a very good – safety valve for, for Dak. And you just don't know with the way the offensive line, you know, I know, I know the stats show the, that Cooper rush hasn't been sacked very often, but here's the thing. The offensive line is not, the offensive line is still kind of shaky. So you got to have that safety valve and then Dalton Schultz has been fantastic. And I mean, we've had a coming out party for uh, Jake Ferguson got his touch, his first career touchdown this past week. So for me, it's, you know, CD lamb, CD lamb's doing his thing. He's, he's playing pretty well this year. Michael Gallup's starting to get in a groove. And then Noah Brown, I, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see Dak Prescott and Noah Brown do some work because Noah Brown's had a career year. So I, to me, the, I, I, the whole Mari Cooper thing, I, he's in Cleveland. I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about him anymore. Mm. Uh, Halman, Kyle is wondering what you're drinking. Uh, Kyle gave you two points for the chocolate milk and then said maybe cappuccino. So just trying to clarify here. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking coffee, not chocolate milk. It's uh seven twelve p.m. Central Time, Hammond. You know, maybe maybe take a you know take it I'm, easy. I'm always I'm always on. Okay, <laughs> that's very true. Um, okay. Um, uh, Tony, you also mentioned great episode of First and Ten. Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis this week. Uh, Dave Sturcho absent because the Yankees, um, you know are embarrassing and can't win an AL, you know, DS series in, in three games like my Astros, but whatever. Uh, but Tony, you, you, um, you talked about you and Aiden did how James Washington was among those players who was working out with Dak Prescott in the lead up to the game in Philadelphia. Now this is pure speculation, but I'm about to say, um, and I thought about this on Saturday when the Cowboys social team tweeted out a photo of James Washington boarding the plane. I don't know. I genuinely do not know if James Washington has traveled for the road games to this point in the season. Um, but let's assume he has it just for the purpose of the exercise. 
I do find it interesting that they made it a point to take him up to Philadelphia to work out with Dak Prescott for half an hour, that they did not play Dalton Schultz in this game. I'm not saying the Cowboys waved the white flag, Tony, and said, hey, we're cool losing this game, but it does kind of feel like they're loading up specifically for Dak Prescott to return and trying to time everything else around that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think they understood that if they could have stole this game, I think that would have been really good moving forward, right? To be 5-1 and one with Dak Prescott coming back with two winnable football games, you feel good about the prospects of that. Um, ultimately, I think the, the Eagles game meant more, meant more to the Eagles than it did the Cowboys. I think they wanted to separate it in Dallas. And you said it, you mentioned it, and you just uh, prefaced it. Um, I do feel like this is the start of a new season, right? We're four and two. It feels like a fever dream that we're in this spot. And somehow, you know, we came out of the other side still, you know, in, in the thick of things, which is I'm super grateful for. Um, but now with Dak Prescott here, this offense can be out of the cellar. Even if it is average Dak Prescott, I feel like um, this team, this offense is going to obviously take a, a leap up. And with this defense, who knows how far that could take them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't buy into the thought that they they punt into the eagle they punted on the Eagles game. But there is some validity to think that now they think the horses are coming back and it's about to get real for them. Mm-hmm. All right, well, said. all right. So uh, we are going in clockwise orders, and Tony, you decided to go second. Um, a spoiler for everyone: the first three questions are all about Dak Prescott. It's kind of the Dak week, obviously. Uh, so, Tony, your what if? What if Dak Prescott returns and plays similarly to how he did? in week one so we went the average angle um there's no assuming what your question is going to be brandon all right so we went average now we're really bad um what would happen tony well i think they still win a football game <laughs> to be honest with you i think i think the defense is uh is that well-rounded i know i know how loves himself some, some lions but uh i th- i still do think the lions are a beatable football team uh you know, what did Dak have in week one? Was it one turnover or two turnovers? I still think that the Cowboys with Dak Prescott can be explosive enough to win against the Detroit Lions team that got blanked by the New England Patriots and gave up 29 points to Bailey Zappi. So you know, obviously there's a healthy amount of respect there. They're coming off a bye week. Um, all indications. But, but Tony, are- for- forecast beyond the Lions. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you here and say that yeah. they can they can beat him. But like, what does that mean for the long term of this season? I- it's a, it's a tough question. I'm glad you asked it, but um, it's it, it wouldn't be great, right? If 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 he played the way he played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against everybody, it wouldn't be good because that means it'd be less than average Dak. That'd be less than what we're accustomed to seeing, even in his mid level play. I think that more had to do with Tampa Bay having a good scheme and them having some good players, and it being week one and three four months to prepare for that game. But you're not going to have to play Tampa Bay in that front seven with a rookie uh, left tackle who's never played before and some no continuity and no Michael Gallup. So I think the situation dictates that we probably won't ever see that type of like not that type of performance, but for that specific moment, I think things will only progress from that. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, it would be a bad thing if we did see week one Dak moving forward. Uh, by the way, Tony, Kevin took five points away from you. Said you don't win many games with a 47 QBR in a game. Um, it's kind of interesting. All of you have had, you know positive well how am i not any negative yet um everybody loved the coffee i don't know why like everybody thought it was just cool you were drinking coffee uh but uh but so the crowd is feisty tonight um so sorry tony but you still are doing well um so that being said howman um mark says then our o-line has taken a step back week one dak had too much pressure tony mentioned tyler smith that was literally his first nfl game ever uh, in a weird way the last five games have sort of provided a weird 
focus group uh, for the Cowboys to kind of figure out what works for Dak, an opportunity that they didn't really have, obviously, throughout camp or really the end of last season. And to that point, it has been a very long time since we've seen Dak sustain himself in a positive way, really the New England game almost a literal year ago. Um, So do you think this is something like, what what would what would help us explain Dak Prescott playing poorly? Would it be some regression from the offensive line? What would be the other extenuating circumstances that led to that in your mind? If, if he comes back and he plays about the same that he did in Tampa, right? Like what 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 else would have contributed to the problem? Assuming Dak as as a primary nucleus of of reasons why, but what else would be existing in that universe? Um, well, obviously the the first thing would be just is he actually you know, all the way healthy kind of mm. going back to last year when he came back from that, that ankle injury and didn't quite look the same. And people were speculating, like, did he rush back or is it still bothering him? Did he re-aggravate it? Um, you know, and, and this past week when, when Dak went and threw for the first time in practice, you know, McCarthy said he's a little sore from it. That's to be expected. But then you question, well, you know, is that going to continue being an issue? Um, but also with this offensive line, I mean, um, the, I pointed it out last week, and it's stayed the same after the, the Philly game. The right side of the line has been great. Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele have not allowed a sack all season. But Tyler Smith, Connor McGovern, and then Mark, Matt Farniak when he was playing, they have been giving up a lot of pressures. They've been giving up a lot of sacks. Teams pretty much know at this point you attack from the left side, uh, which makes sense because it's Connor McGovern's first full year as the starting left guard, and even then he's rotating with Jason Peters. Tyler Smith is a rookie, and we've talked about how – he played most of the offseason at guard, went out to tackle on short notice. Um, but that's that's kind of where teams are attacking. And and when Dak comes back, you know you're going to have to apply even more pressure than before because, you know, Dak is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush is. Um, so I think that would probably be the most likely area where you could see some of that that regression if he comes back and plays poorly. Brandon, Ron Dedon says, my defense for that game, talking about the week one game against uh, Tampa, was a rookie offensive tackle. Starting left guard just went down. Wide receiver was CD. Obviously not a great game for CD Lamb. Uh, it was an uphill battle carrying 100 pounds. Um, I do want to piggyback off of that comment with, uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, with AJ's comment here, Brandon, it says, when is the rotating left guard going to stop? It's week seven. Again, this kind of goes back to the question I asked Tony about Dalton Schultz and James Washington. Could the Cowboys be saying, all right, look, We've kind of targeted this game, this range, this, you know, neck of the woods the entire time. This is it. Like, do you think we're getting full-time Jason Peters left guard? Like, do you think we're getting the Dak special? Like, are the Cowboys souping up the team right now to get ready to load up with Dak Prescott since he's finally back? Like, there is an argument to be made, not that games are, are not valuable or precious, but towards saying, let's hold off on Schultz, on, you know, whatever the case may be, and let's go all in with Dak whenever he's back, which is obviously going to be Sunday. Yeah, I mean... I would say this with the two games coming up with the lions and the bears, I think these are two great games for, for Dak to, to get ready to rock and roll. And I think, I think the rotating left guard situation definitely needs to end. And, and my feeling is if, if I assume Dak is uh, playing this week, I mean, by all accounts, it seems like he's going to play this week. I think Jason Peters is the left guard going forward. And that's great because McGovern will be a great, a great sub if we need him. And God forbid something happens there. But I think there, I think, you know, obviously he's been banged off. He's still, he's been kind of getting himself in the, you know, NFL, you know, NFL condition. I know he's been staying in shape, but game shape's different than just staying in normal shape. So I would, I would say, I think week seven is perfect for him. Obviously Dak's going to be back. So that's going to be great because I think that left side is going to be fine. And then Tyler Smith's done, done a stand-up job all, all season considering the plan was he was going to be left guard 
and then obviously Tyron Smith goes down. It's great. It's great to see Tyler Smith playing, playing some uh, pretty good football right now. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think six and two going into the week nine bye is, it's not far fetched at all. I think it's going to happen. Hmm. Um, I think everyone thinks that too. Uh, like, I don't think not, not that it's a bad take or anything. I just don't think it's a, I know, I know you weren't saying it was a hot take, but I think we're all kind of like subscribing to that ideology. The, the more difficult games, obviously on Sunday. Um, it's so, exactly. So uh, Tony, again, I, I hope you, you know, maybe regret the, place you put yourself in you had the opportunity here so brandon this is your question now what if dak prescott returns and is incredible what if we get first half of last season dak prescott you pair that with this uh, how many the dallas cowboys ranked sixth by dvoa this week is that correct off the top of your head i don't know if you can thank you yes they do um offensively the cowboys rank 17th so i mean if dak prescott comes back and is one of it wouldn't be difficult this season to be a top five quarterback. I think the top three is kind of fairly cemented. I now see the coffee that Howman, everyone was distracted by. Yeah, that is distracting. Interesting. Uh, but uh, if that comes back and is a top five, top seven quarterback, Brandon, that feels like, you know, I think we all think this is a playoff team, but that feels like, okay, now they're like a Super Bowl contender. If Dak Prescott comes back, now that we know this defense is for real, um, what would that be? Oh, it would be absolutely, it would be euphoric. I mean, we were 12 and five last year. I would I would bet to say that that would be 13 and four. I would say maybe get up to 14 wins uh, this year, which I, I wouldn't see. I don't think that's too far out of the question. Like you said, the defense. This is this is Dak Prescott's best defense he's had on you know in his whole career. This defense has been fantastic. The special teams has been really good. I mean, Brett Maher wasn't even on the team in the early part of the summer, and Brett Maher minus a couple long distance kicks, which I'm not going to give him too much flack for. He's been pretty darn good. He, he hasn't missed anything else. I mean, I don't even count the block kick because he made up for it because he was the only guy paying attention to make the tackle. So I got to give him credit on that one. And then Turpin's, Turpin's due. Turpin's due to break one. If it wasn't for Calvin Joseph getting in the way, I think that would have been six. But that's that's yeah, that's for another day. But with all three facets of the game and, and bringing back an elite Dak Prescott, this the Eagles, the Eagles better enjoy the first place now because – the Cowboys would be uh, taking that over very easily. That It's going to be a great time. Let's just see what happens. The most important thing is let's make sure Dak is, is really ready to go. And um, if, you know, if he is, sky's the limit. It's going to be a fun, fun ride to the playoffs. Kevin has awarded you five points, Brandon. So great job there. Uh, Tony, you had a tweet. Um, I think it was Monday morning. Um, it was a gif of Dak Prescott, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something like the league messed up, like <laughs> like like the league let the kid get hot, or the league let let Dak Prescott get back, which does kind of feel like it's the case. Like I do feel Tony, if if the Cowboys were I don't know three and three even uh, or two and four, certainly would be sitting here saying like, all right, Dak's going to have to you know bring us out of this hole. It's, he's he's going to he's got to get to 500 before the bye and then this has got to go yeah the schedule's easy but they're already at four losses whatever the case would be. No no no, they are to Brandon's point kind of a top I don't know 5 6 they were 7 in in my personal power rankings today, but they're that way with all due respect to Cooper Rush a not functional offense. So that being said Tony, um I like this comment cuz it it does sort of uh encapsulate who you are from johnny voices if this happens then we the juggernaut rips the season and then we have a collective panic attack when it comes to the playoffs so would that get you juice tony if dak prescott comes back and is just surgical about it would you feel like all right the ride starts now well 100 you know what 
kind of what I said in that tweet was the league didn't kill us. There was an opportunity to bury the Cowboys in the first month and a half, and, and it didn't happen, right? For us being four and two with a chance to be five and one, the, the league messed up because I think, and that's why part of the reason why I felt that game was so important to the Eagles is if the Eagles went out and lost to Cooper Rush, what's that say? come Christmas Eve when Dak Prescott is playing and you, and you couldn't beat the JV team. Now, now, now Dak Prescott's back. And yeah, if, if, if Dak Prescott comes out here and he plays incredible paired with the best defense I've seen in a long time from this Cowboys franchise, it, Dak doesn't have to go out there and be spectacular. But if he is, if he is like the top tier Dak we've seen, this is one of the best football teams in the entire league. Now I'm not expecting it to be, you know, we this week against Detroit or next week against Chicago. It, it may take a, a, like a few weeks for Dak to really get his feet wet and get it going. But if this team ever hits, you know, hit hits the hits the NOS button on the offense and they're in the top 10 with a top 10 defense. I mean, how could you like just knowing everything we've seen thus far? How could you say this team couldn't go as far as they want? Hellman. How much stock do you put into the idea that the Eagles are peaking too early? I think that's, you know, kind of a stupid argument ultimately. Um, but I mean, when was the, I don't, I don't know the answer, but the, I know that the last undefeated team in the NFL has not won the Super Bowl like nine or 10 years running. Um, I think maybe the 2013 Seahawks might've been the, the last one off the top of my head. I really don't know. Um, but you can argue like based off of energy or vibes or whatever, that this cannot sustain itself. I mean, we kind of saw it not sustain itself. You mentioned that when you were talking early on, uh, just in this single game. And I don't, I don't think we should fault the Eagles for not playing amazing for four consecutive quarters. It's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, but that being said, like, it does kind of feel like we could see some sort of moving glass or what is it, sliding glass doors here where the Eagles just kind of like, you know, don't have that Nas button to kind of take them off the way the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott. Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mean, I've been saying for the last three weeks now there are there are legitimate cracks in this Eagles team. Um, you know, they they got in a hole early against the Jaguars a few weeks ago, and then they ended up winning in, in large part because Trevor Lawrence became the first player uh, this century to lose four fumbles in one game. Uh, and then you know the Cardinals kind of blew an opportunity to send the game to overtime a week ago. Um, you know, and then we saw you know against the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys were down pretty much felt like they were buried in that first half and they came back and very nearly got back into it and made it a, a real game where they had an, an opportunity. Um, and I've got the number pulled up here because this Eagles team all season long, they've been great in the second quarter, but in quarters one, three, and four, they're being outscored 78 to 49. So they have not put together a complete game all season. Do you they have the have, fourth quarter numbers individually or the second half numbers? Um, I don't. Wow. Um, Unprepared. <laughs> But but I know I know they are also getting outscored in the second half. If you break it down to just that second half, so this is a team that you know they they start like they're shot out of a cannon and they don't put together a full game. And they almost blew it against Cooper Rush, having the worst performance of his career. Um, they still have two games against the Giants, who most of their wins have come, you know, in that fourth quarter. They're a team that plays really strong at the end of the season. Um, they have to play the Cowboys one more time, and they'll. They lost to the Giants they, last year, by the way, in New York. They did, yeah, and and the Giants are better this year right. than they than they were last year, um, just on coaching alone. So I think you know you, you look at the schedule, and I don't think they're going to necessarily fall apart because they do play a pretty easy schedule. But uh, I definitely don't think that they're going to finish the season undefeated. I don't even think that they'll uh, they'll be able to finish the season as the number one seed in the NFC because. 
you know, we, we've seen some signs already that this isn't sustainable and they have some harder matchups coming up. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, AJ says plus 20 for Hammond being prepared with stats and a good argument. Um, AJ, the rules are five at most. I mean, AJ, come on. Let's, let's all, you know, let's all obey the rules, but five points for Hammond nonetheless. Um, I do think that the Eagles are, I mean, at least right now, they're very well on track. And I know this cause I wrote that stupid article, um, very well on track. Uh, 538 has them with overwhelming odds to, to be the one seed in the NFC to win the NFC East. And, to be fair, they do have a two and a half game lead in the division now. That's difficult to overcome. To your point, Hammond, they may, you know, have a, a misstep or two, but the Cowboys need a lot. And obviously they control the matchup against them on Christmas Eve. But there's some, you know, that's a difficult thing to get. I know it's only week seven, but you know, that's a, a little bit of a way uh into the season. So okay, we snake back now. So everybody gets one more what if. Um, Tony, who do you think is performing the best so far? Hammond came with the statistics, so no, nothing against Wow, Brandon, Brandon you are the reigning numbers. BTB Roundtable yeah. champion, and Tony has no respect for you. You even okay, offered well. him some consultation on his basement based off of the experience with yours. Yeah, I know. What's up with that, Tony? Uh, my bad, brother. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, Brandon, you are up next uh, as we um, sort of bring this back around. So what if all the first three were centered around Dak Prescott? That is not the case for the final three. They're a little bit more different. Brandon, what if the defense starts to falter just a little bit. We saw that the Cowboys defense, as great as it is, can be attacked, can be exploited, can be beaten, right? You have to have the right personnel. You have to be very well coached. You have to have a lot of talent. Not every team in the NFL has all of those things. But what if they are starting to wear just a little bit? Because we're all kind of sitting here banking on that not happening. So, Brandon, what if that happens? I mean, I would say I don't really have – I don't think it's going to really happen that much. If it's going to be a drop-off, I don't think it's going to be very drastic because that's just how elite this defense is from all, all, all three levels, the front seven, the secondary. And let's be honest, the Cowboys offense with Cooper Rush throwing three picks, I think, I think the majority of the time the Cowboys defense, they were, they were defending, they were like almost defending their side of the field the entire time it felt like. And they gave up only what twenty six points. I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts threw for like a buck fifty on the game. So you know, well, he didn't need to throw for a lot. Like you know, that's I, I know, but I mean, but still, you know, he still. I mean, AJ Brown, sure, he had the touchdown. Dallas Goddard was he pretty much was null and void. He didn't really do anything. I mean, we held him, and he's one of the the, the big three in Philly. So I mean, can they falter a little bit? Sure. Do I expect it to happen? No. But thankfully, 
if God forbid they do, we have a pretty we have a pretty darn good quarterback that's going to be back in the saddle coming up. So I'm I'm not too concerned. And the the other part of the the, the, the whole package too is the special teams. If the special teams can just keep doing what they're doing and not cost us games like Greg Zerline has done in the past. I think, I, I think even if the defense takes a step back, I, I'm not that concerned because Dak Prescott, I, I got a good feeling about Dak the rest of the, uh, the rest of the season. Brandon, you have gotten a lot of points tonight. Um, there have been several comments uh, right now, handing Brandon out uh, some points. I'm really impressed. Uh, so well done. Um, Tony to Brandon's point, uh, the first Eagle scoring drive of the night, they win 80 yards. Respect. Well done. Obviously a difficult thing to do. But their next three scoring drives all started beyond the 50-yard line. The first two were Cooper Rush interceptions. The third uh, was Mike McCarthy's non-challenge of CeeDee Lamb's catch and then the failed fourth down conversion. Uh, that was the formula we said was not going to ever work uh, with Cooper Rush. Uh, I mean, you can have the best defense in the NFL. The Cowboys might, you know, call them best, second best, whatever. They're, in, you know, near the very top of San Francisco and whatnot. Uh, but even even that kind of defense, even that level, Tony, cannot sustain itself if you're forcing them to defend fewer than 50 yards three times in a row. And for what it's worth, those three drives, the Cowboys surrendered field goals twice. So it did kind of only bend but not break. But that being said, Tony, it is possible. It is possible that, you know, there's some wear and tear that whatever happens, that regression to the mean happens. They've been great at fighting that up and great at getting lots of sacks. But what if the turnovers still don't come? What if the sacks dry up? What if all that happens? And the offense may pick it up. The special teams may pick up the slack, as Brandon mentioned. But how much weaker does that make the team overall if the defense goes from, I don't know, an A-plus to a B-minus? It, it, I mean, it affects it, obviously, because the heartbeat of this team has clearly been the defense, right? That's something they've built around and kind of made their M.O. for 2022. But you mentioned the, the word regression to the mean. It, if the defense is going to fall a little bit just naturally with Dak Prescott being inserted, the offense is going to rise a little bit as well. So this defense is you know, played at an extremely high level while this offense is played at a pretty significant low level. If, if the offense is just average and this defense comes down a little bit, it's still a quality football team. So unless it's something drastic where Micah Parsons is out for you know an extended period of time. Tony, what on earth? What the hell, man? Why are you not, saying this out loud? Every, oh, I need a well, lot I mean, of people to ooh. give Tony minus five points. That was not cool, Tony. What are you doing? Well, Can't put that in the universe, man. Listen, I don't believe in the hogwash. Hey, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. I know, I know, RJ. Aren't you a big proponent of momentum's not a real thing? So then, um, I'm I'm a big proponent of like data, uh, but I'm also big a, a big proponent of like having fun here on the roundtable. So, um, fair you know, enough. Right now, fair I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. So. <laughs> but no, I say that outside of something that we don't see, I just don't see that aggressive of a fall from this defense. The way Dan Quinn calls it, the talent they've built up, the depth they have. Th th what is the fall for this defense? Like you said, is it like a half of a letter grade? You know, even that is still a quality defense in this league. And with the way the offense I anticipate is going to be better, I think the Cowboys will still be okay. Um, Howman, could you please prove to Tony that you can answer this question without casting negative energy on the team we all love and support? Yeah, um, well, uh, you know, <laughs> for one, Micah Parsons is incredible and he's going to remain incredible. Um, nothing can take that man down. He, you know, he, just just talking about Micah and how, you know, resilient he is, they, they talked about it during the game. It was the first time all season he's been held without a pressure in, in a half of football. The second half, Dan Quinn makes adjustments. Micah Parsons comes out with a vengeance. He gets three pressures in that game. So he, he turned it on. He He made up for it. Um, and then the, the defense just all over. I mean, statistically, they had their worst performance of the season this week, and they were still 
really, really good. You know, they, they started with the ball already in Cowboys territory three different times, twice they held them to field goals. Even that opening drive where, where the Eagles drove for what felt like 50 plays and got a touchdown, you know, the Eagles needed two different fourth down conversions on that drive just to get down to the end zone. So one by way of a penalty to, to that one point. by way of a penalty. So, you know, they, they stopped them on third down twice. They put up a good fight and the Eagles also didn't really have many big plays through the game. Um, so, you know, but again, you know, with, with Dak Prescott coming back right now, this def- this whole team is they're, they're elite on special teams, elite on defense and, just around maybe a little bit below average on offense. If the defense of the special teams take a small step back, the offense is about to get a huge boost. So, um, you know, that's that's a situation where Mike McCarthy is always talking about complimentary football. That's an area where they're going to be able to make up for that difference um, and and have hopefully, ideally, knock on wood, a better offense that, that offsets any potential setbacks. Um, so I just want to say uh, two things to the crowd. One, Kyle says uh, plus three for all contestants. So not me. Um, for the Beard Gang, minus five to to RJ for a clean shave. So I actually lose more than y'all gain for being clean shaven. I actually can't grow a beard like that. So this isn't even like my fault. This is just like, you know, my uh, genetic makeup. So thanks for making me feel insecure, Kyle. But uh, next up, we are going to have a new record uh, as far as points are concerned. You are all past the previous high score that any BTB or has ever obtained here on a round table. So uh, it's really kind of uh, a special night. And as I say that, John uh, Brandon has awarded you five points for your ginger beard. Um, Howman's kind of right there too a little bit, but um, wow, I'm, what a special night. Um, okay, Tony, you are up next. This was the spot you chose. So I hope you're happy with this question. All right. What if, the New York Giants really are for real. They're five and one and information for you to take and do whatever you want with the Dallas Cowboys still have to play them once on Thanksgiving Day, short week, but Dallas at home and the Philadelphia Eagles still have to play them twice. Tony, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I think we're starting to find out the Giants actually might be real. They're, they're an interesting case because obviously we go in Monday night, beat them with Cooper Rush and, and we play, you know, pretty, pretty well to go ahead and beat them. But everybody else they're like Hyman said, a fourth quarter team that is resilient. If nothing else, the, the, uh, you know, if nothing else, Dave has got this team believing that they're quality team. You know what I mean? I, I think eventually we see it a lot of the times in this league where teams will come out hot and then, you know, the schedule gets tougher or they get figured out and they kind of, like we say, our key word is, you know, regress to the mean a little bit. Uh, I, I think no matter what the giants are a, a more, complete football team this year than they ever were under Joe judge. So I think that is so bar, Tony. Bar. Yeah, exactly. But I think that stinks for the NFC East because the giants are going to be a formidable football team. You're not going to be able to kind of just roll in there and steamroll them. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're for real And if, but it, to answer the question, if they are for real, then we get a three headed, three headed monster in the NFC East and the, the commanders are, uh, the commanders are definitely not there with us. Uh, Howman, what, are the results of the two Giants Eagles games? Uh, I think I think they're probably going to split those series. Um, you know, like like I said earlier, the Eagles have been good in the second quarter and the second quarter alone, and they they haven't really put any teams away this season. Um, and the Giants are one of those teams that they hang on for dear life, and then in the fourth quarter, suddenly something something goes on inside their head and they pull it together. So I think that's going to be a game where. Um, Maybe maybe the first game the Giants come back and pull off another comeback win, and then the second time around the Eagles kind of learn their lesson and you know put the put the foot on the gas and, and close it out. 
Brandon, I think we all looked at Thanksgiving and said, oh, Cowboys, Giants, this is weird. By the way, the last time the Cowboys hosted the Giants on Thanksgiving, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but we all kind of thought like, hey, that's cool. You know, easy dub, right? Maybe not so much, right? Like I know the Cowboys are the only team who beat the Giants, but are you now a little bit worried? Like are you now going to, you know, maybe not let as much trip to fan course through your system on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, it pains me to say this, but the, the Giants, I – they're they're on the brink. I, I think Dabs and Wink are doing a great job with the Giants, and they got some great players. They got some great young players, and I have to give the credit where credit is due. I mean, they they did bring in the uh, the former assistant uh, to Brandon Bean as their new GM. I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head, but Joe Shane. He, 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 thank you, and he's he's done a great he's done a great job there, and and he's learned from what Brandon Bean has built in Buffalo, and now he's he, he had to come into a dumpster fire left by Gettleman. I think as a Cowboys fan, I wish Gettleman would, would have stayed forever. That's just how that's how I felt about that. But once once they brought in you know Dabs, they brought in Wink Martindale, who's a, who's a heck of a defensive coordinator. I I, I hate I hate saying it because it pains me to say this, but I, I think they're I think they're on the brink of being really good. I would say by season's end, if I had to put a record on it, I would probably put them at like nine wins on the year. And I think nine, that, they have five already, Brandon. I, I know, but they're going to taper off a little bit. There's there's some tough games coming up. But the, I, I don't the think they're going to be below 500. What if they're for real, Brandan? The what if you got to live in this what if? This is the reality. Uh, it's not. It wouldn't be good for Dallas because you know you're facing twice a year. If they're going to be, if they're really for real, that's that's not good for the Cowboys. And I got to say to Hellman, I, I think with the Eagles Giants, I think I think he's right on. I think uh, I think it's a split. It doesn't matter what the records are. I know the commanders are a dumpster fire. We all know that from, from top to bottom. That's just a, a dumpster fire there. But NFC East games, you can throw the records out because it's always it's typically a pretty darn good matchup across the board. Common, you had a point. Yeah, I think I think in a roundabout way, it would actually be better for the Cowboys if these Giants are for real because you know in, in recent years, the NFC East has been the NFC least. They've been a really bad division. Uh, especially last year, it felt like the Cowboys, you know, they beat up on three pretty bad NFC East teams. Then when they got to the playoffs and they got, you know, they met the 49ers, they just kind of got big boy. They got beat in the trenches and then they were sent home packing. So I think if if they have to play against the Eagles, who are now undefeated, the Giants, who are second place in the division, and and if they are for real, then, you know, then you're talking about they're playing more games against quality opponents. And if they can win the division or at least win enough games to where they get to the playoffs, I think it toughens you up a little bit more so that you can last a bit longer in the playoffs. So I think obviously it makes it harder for them in that division, but in the long run, I think that's good for them. Tony, who would you rather travel to play in the playoffs if you're the Cowboys? Like this is the game you prefer to play at San Francisco or at Tampa Bay? Wow. Um <laughs> The last time I started wanting to play San Francisco, it didn't really go too well it's for us. So, simple, um, simple answer. So, like, I'm like, I'll, I'll go two or three words. Yeah, I'll still, you know what? I'm going to go 49ers again. Okay, Brandon, you raised your hand. I'll go Tampa Bay because Tom Brady's dealing with a lot of stuff off the field, so it'll be off his game a little bit maybe. So I'm going to be the first to say that this exercise that I'm about to do is stupid because it's week seven. Like Week seven hasn't even really begun. But that being said, as of now, the Eagles are obviously the one seed in the NFC. Um, so that puts the Giants as the top wild card. Obviously, Dallas is the second wild card. Right now, if the playoffs were to begin today, it would be the New York Giants traveling to San Francisco and the Cowboys traveling to take on Tampa Bay. So, Brandon, you're the one, even though you didn't want to buy in to the Giants being for real, 
you're the one benefiting from that. And that's where, to Hellman's point, I do think that the Giants being better works out in the long term for the Cowboys on this season as a whole, especially because they have two games remaining against the Eagles. The Cowboys obviously have one, so that gives us theoretically three games that we kind of like the odds of the opponent against the Eagles. Tony, do you agree? This was your question to start off. By the way, to catch up on points, Kyle said two points, Hellman. Uh, AJ said five points, Hellman. Guys, everybody watch out. And Kevin said five points for everyone who doesn't say 49ers. Tough scene for you, Tony. Um, and Joe, uh, John said plus five to the ginger beard junior. I think that's Brandon. Yeah. Uh, but Tony, uh, your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I mean, can you rephrase the question for me? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, um, yeah. but I guess my point is, do you agree with Howman and me and Brandon and everybody in the world, I guess, um, that the giants being good this year them being for real benefits the Cowboys this year more benefits them more than it hurts them. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that point of view. I mean, ultimately I don't like seeing the teams within our division play well, but if the giants are going to be a tough out for other teams and, and they're able to put things together, I think ultimately that would help us seeding wise other, you know, they're going to take care of some of our trash, so to speak. Hmm. Okay. All right. Are we ready for the last question? This obviously belongs to David Hellman. Um, Brandon, you had no control over this, so you're already done. You already parked in. We'll see how the BTB roundtable gods fare in your favor. Tony, not looking good. I'll just say that. Hellman, what if Mike McCarthy does enough this season? It is kind of a weekly thing as far as like, Sean, I will say Sean Payton played this right. He timed it well. Sean Payton picked the perfect year to be the sexy coach option on the street because there is a new team every week tweeting and begging for his services. Mike McCarthy's kind of holding things off. All right, now everybody wants Dan Quinn to be the head coach of the Cowboys, Hellman. And I did not line this up this way, but you do write the McCarthy Chronicles every week at bloggingtheboys.com. This is Tony's fault. He set the order here. Uh, but that being said, what if he does enough? That a sub-question is like, what is enough? But I do think, Hellman, that we're kind of on pace for, again, while what enough is is arbitrary, but I kind of think we're on pace for him to stick around as the Cowboys head coach and for Sean Payton and probably Dan Quinn to both end up elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's so far he's doing a real great job of making it hard for for Jerry and Steven to justify moving on from them. You know, going four and one with a backup quarterback, especially when after week one everyone kind of had the Cowboys uh, dead in the water. Um, already he has he has done more than was expected of him at the start of the year. Um, it, you know, if, if Dak comes back and gives him that spark, and the defense and special teams stay on the rail role that they've been on, and this team you know really goes far if they get to the playoffs. You know, if you're, if you're talking about what is enough, I think at a minimum, McCarthy needs to reach the conference championship game, which, of course, has not been done in a really long time in Dallas. Um, but, you know, if he if he gets to that conference championship game, it's going to be really hard for anyone to even float the idea of moving on from him. If he goes further, he gets to the Super Bowl, he wins the Super Bowl. Well, you know, then not only would he become the first coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with as the head coach of two different teams, but a whole lot of people are going to have to start eating crow when they when they started saying he's a he's a horrible coach he's overrated he got carried by Aaron Rodgers um, because not only you know do, do you get that far with the Cowboys and be the coach to bring them back to that that prominence but also you did it with you know a stretch of games without Dak Prescott uh, you did it after an offseason in which everyone thought you got worse you did it in a season where. The NFC East got off to one of their best starts in recent years with the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, you know, at, at this point in the season right now, 
having better records than you. So um, if he does enough and, and you know, being enough being getting the conference championship game or beyond, uh, he's going to stay in Dallas. I think he's, he's going to have, he's going to have a lot more of a leash to go with the Cowboys and, and especially with, with the fan base who are starting to kind of pivot right now towards giving him some more credit, but it, it's still a little bit of a bumpy road with some people. Lots of points picked up by you, Hellman, um, on this stretch. Um, Kyle says, Mike McCarthy is growing on me. I saw J. Ron Kerr saying that Mike McCarthy is his favorite coach he's ever had. Big statement from a team leader. I tweeted this out. I wrote about it. Uh, not at yet at our site, but it will be probably on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw this. Um, that would be hurtful if you said no, because I tweeted it and you all follow me, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, J. Ron Kerr was on the Cowboys Hour on Monday with Haley Sutton and Brad Sham. Very awesome interview. Go listen to it. Uh, but he he did say that Mike McCarthy was his favorite coach um, that he's ever had. Tony, that, of course, has a lot of people being like, well, you know, J. Ron Kurth played for the Vikings and the Lions. It's not like he said great coaches. Uh, but he talked about how Mike just kind of lets the Cowboys players do what they need to do, how he listens to them. He takes their feedback, things like that. And, Tony, I find it funny that a lot of – I mean, a lot of Cowboys fans like J. Ron Kurth forever. J. Ron Kurth could tell every Cowboys fan to, you know – leave one shoelace untied for a week and they would all do it but he comes out and says mike mccarthy's an awesome coach They're like well what else is he supposed to say i mean you know like it, it's funny how like people this is one thing tony that people refuse to be open-minded towards yeah i think i think it's ridiculous i mean uh, we live in an age now where athletes are, are much more open about their feelings and and i think that's a great thing for everybody involved uh when, when a leader of this team that they signed to a contract extension comes out here and says the coach listens to the players understands the players perspective the days of the the bill parcells and the you know the bill callahan's and you know the, even the bill belichick's of like it's my way or the highway it it has it serves its purpose when you're winning but when you don't win it kind of comes off kind of like what is this guy talking about so that was actually just, a line that the curse had Tony, sorry, just to add context, sure. he said that McCarthy is specifically not a my way or the highway coach. Yeah, oh, oh there you go. I, I guess I did read your tweet, but well, uh, I'm reinforcing your point. But no, continue. I know, no, I'm go, saying, go off, yeah. young king. It was good. And I, I love I honestly loved seeing that because I think Mike McCarthy understands and he evolves with the, the today's day and age athlete. Right. Like you got people you are. They're not just crash dummies. These guys have opinions. They have, they're out there seeing it in live action. So when J. Ron Kerr says that, you know, this coach listens to us and, and, and he does and, and takes into account what we have, there is accountability there. And, and it comes and it's not hollow words to me. So Mike McCarthy, I was never in the camp that Mike McCarthy was this like no good head coach. And he was just out there doing like getting and buy but um it, it just puts some validity when you hear it from like you said a guy who wears a green dot on his helmet and somebody that they respect on that defense brandon it, there is something towards like what people can see um I, you know i think we, we can call this the chris richard effect well he's out there wearing cleats on the field with the players what's jason garrett doing you know what i mean like and I, I'm not lumping Dan Quinn um, in the same mold as Chris Richard, but th that that same phenomenon is happening here to a different degree. Again, it's much more justified in Dan Quinn's case. Um, but to Zachary's point, says I'm just saying Mike McCarthy left Green Bay and they haven't put it together since. I do think, and this isn't Zachary's point, but a lot of people are so stuck to their priors, are so stuck to, well, Aaron Rodgers said McCarthy sucks, so he must be worthless. Like, there's nobody who wants to, again, be willing to believe anything is possible that could have changed, that he could have grown, that he could have learned, that he could have developed, and there's nobody who's willing to give him any sort of room for error. It is a matter of like, well, he didn't challenge this. He messed this time up, this time out. So he's stupid. He's awful. He's terrible. No, like, nobody's saying he's infallible, Brandon, but he is a very good coach. Yeah, he, Mike McCarthy, he's done pretty well, and I think he needs to he needs to get some flowers, so to speak. And, and having four and two with Cooper Rush running things on this team for the last, you know, the, the, the 
the first almost half of the season. This is a this is a great this is a great way to to show the fans like, hey, he's he's he is the right coach. And and I tongue in cheek, you know, on previous episodes, like you know, I don't know, like last month, I you know, I said Sean Payton. Of course, I would love Sean Payton. I've been a Sean Payton fan ever since he was aligned with Bill Parcells many moons ago. But I'll say this: if 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 Mike McCarthy can at least, and I'll I'll take a step back from what Hellman said. If if we just get to even a divisional round, I know that sounds bad for Cowboys fans because we've been I feel like we've been stuck in that spot for many many years. Every time we get to the playoffs, it's like the divisional round is kind of where we, we we finish off. But if he gets to the divisional round, I don't see why you can't bring him back next year. And that's and he he's done a great job building this staff as well. I mean I mean I know people are very critical of Kellen Moore and they can be at times, but let's be honest. Bones Fossil is one of the best special teams coaches in the, in the, in the game. And, and obviously Dan Quinn is Dan Quinn. So like Mike McCarthy knows how to put things together. He's definitely a player's coach. No, no doubt about it. And, and in this day and age where you have social media and, and you hear it, hear it from somebody like Jaron Kurz, that's, that has to speak volumes to some of the fan base that might be indifferent about, about Mike, Mike McCarthy, because if, if a team leader says this sort of things, and, and it puts it in context where he's just a player's coach. Guess what? I'm I'm good with that. I think Mike McCarthy. You know, I'm just not. I've I've never been like 100% Mike McCarthy, but I I really have liked what he's done since he's been with Dallas. And 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 to discredit his Super Bowl win back with Green Bay, I think that's a little nearsighted for me. So I mean, he's still a Super Bowl winning coach regardless. He's won he's won a lot of big games in this in this league. So he needs he needs his flowers. I do think that McCarthy does, I mean, gets a little bit overly criticized. I mean, obviously there's moments of criticism that are fair, but if Mike McCarthy did what Brandon Staley has done a lot of times this season, let alone last night, um, as the game wound down close to overtime, I mean, like it would be the main talking point over every national show in the world. Um, that being sense, uh, that being said, um, Halman, last question from the, uh, the comments or point from the comments, then we'll get to handing out the winner. Kyle says the response in the second half of the Eagles game says a lot about this team buying into coaching. They could have folded on the road down 17. Jason Garrett said before the game, fly Eagles fly, whatever. Um, but, and not to take a shot at Garrett Hellman, but it does kind of feel like even if the Garrett led, they would have never won those four games, obviously with, without Dak Prescott. But even if they had the Garrett led Cowboys would have collected the house money. They would have cashed out, at least in my opinion. I'm curious if you if you agree, they would have said, guys, we won four games with Cooper rush. Hey, we ran into the best team in the NFL, last undefeated team here. Let's just go out. Nobody get hurt, and we'll regroup, beat Detroit, Chicago, and we'll be lucky to get to six and two. But McCarthy's Cowboys seemingly Hellman said, to hell with that. We go in this game. Like there's a whole half left. And they didn't, but they damn near did. Well, first of all, I just want to say after hearing Garrett, you know, Jason Garrett say that phrase, I was hoping the Cowboys were gonna hire him just so they could fire him again. Um nice. can't do that when wow. you're when you're with the Cowboys for that long. But uh no, I mean it, when we were getting close to halftime, I, I tweeted out, we're about to find out a whole lot about whether these Cowboys really are different. Because, um, you know, in my weekly McCarthy Chronicles article for, you know, during this win streak under Cooper Rush, the, the common theme has been, you know, this is McCarthy's culture with this team. They, you know, when when things get tough, they just they just step up and they just power on and they've done that. And then, you know, that first half, pretty much everything that could go wrong went wrong. Cooper Rush had the had the two turn two interceptions um the uh, defense gave up a couple touchdowns um you know and, and th- obviously with with the not challenging that that cd lamb catch and then not getting it on fourth down 
everything went wrong and we could have easily seen this team and we have seen this team in the past just kind of fold under the pressure. And that was a kind of a recurring theme with the Jason Garrett Cowboys. And even a, a little bit, these first two years under McCarthy, they haven't been perfect in that era. But so far this season, we've seen them respond to adversity very well. And then they come come out in that second half where they just, you know, most teams probably would have folded it. It felt like there was no real path forward. And they actually responded. They played, they, they actually outplayed and outgained and outscored the Eagles in that second half. They they were the better team on the field in that second half. Um, so that was very encouraging to me. It was a ringing endorsement of McCarthy, the fact that he has a hold of this locker room, that they have really soaked up the identity that he wants this team to be. And that is going to keep them in every game, even if things aren't going well for them. Even as we talked about earlier, if Dak Prescott comes back and he's not rain Dakota Prescott, Mm. they're still going to be able, you feel like they're still going to be able to overcome that because that's what they've shown at every opportunity this season so far. Very well said. All right. The results are in um, tonight's comment of the night. Uh, got some love late. Kevin said our back talking about Cooper rush has more wins than Aaron Rodgers this year with the coach that Rodgers said sucks. Uh, very nicely done boys. This was impressive. I mean, this was like, um, Man, uh, when I was in high school, my friends were like, let's go see this movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I had no idea what it was about. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just go. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Just an incredible return on investment that uh, that particular uh, day was. This was like that. I didn't expect such greatness, but you all delivered. Um, and so we have a tie for, um, I guess, for second, but also for third, if you want to look at it that way. Tony, who do you think, um, who do you think won? The ginger beard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I think, I think Brandon well won. Well <laughs> uh, Brandon, who do you think won? Uh, I'll go with my fellow ginger, Halman. Um, Halman, number one, do you identify as a ginger? It's kind of hard to tell. Not the best lighting in this area. Uh, yeah, but, true. But, but uh, you know, that could be like brown. Really don't know. Um, so that's the first question. Two, who do you think won? Um, well, I I'm not. A, I don't think I'm a ginger. But when lighting hits a certain spot, it kind of looks <laughs> like it. So I'll take there it. Okay. Uh, well, who do you think won? Um, I, I, I think Brandon won. He was getting a lot of love. Nobody picked Tony. <laughs> so, Sorry, Tony. It's my life. I love you, man. <laughs> um, tied for second and third, uh, with 69 nice, uh, points, uh, Tony Catalina and Brandon Clements, which means our winner with 72 points, David Howman, an incredible performance. Uh, Howman, I mean, seriously, just all sorts of love from the people, uh, your Mike McCarthy um, speech, I think, really rallied the troops. AJ said, you dropped this, Howman. It is a crown. Um, Howman, how are you feeling? Who would you like to thank? Um, do you want to praise or condemn your uh, opponents tonight? The floor is yours. Um, well, honestly, I feel like, uh, if anything, I'm, I'm kind of the loser here because I didn't get to have the 69 points. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, do have to, I do have to thank Mike <laughs> McCarthy. He gives me inspiration every week, even when they lose. Uh, always gives me something nice to say and that gives me fuel mm. and also also the coffee well done um okay Halman. last week uh tony is our winner got to pick who got who had to make a random noise uh to end the show he picked you and he also got to pick the noise or you got to pick the noise uh and you did a latent vanderish howl um so tonight Halman, it is a record night which means something a little bit more special um so you get to pick not me who gets to make the random noise to send us out and you get to pick what noise they have to make. It's up to you. Um, well, I'm picking Tony, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the stick. Uh, gosh, you I got picked for it. something, Tony. At least, <laughs> so, uh, the, right. the, no- the noise is up to you, Hammond. Um, well, I okay, I did Van Der Esch, uh, last week. So, how about in honor of Micah Parsons, give us your best lion roar? All right, <clears throat> <laughs> Hammond, you should have asked him for a clear eye view. I mean, was that baby symbol? <laughs> Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.